Big day coming up, Patrick. Is it? What? Big, what's going on? I don't know. I've been hearing rumors. Oh, rumors. Maybe having an MLB draft. Really? This is breaking. It's been out there on the Twitters. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, continue. There have been posts on the Instagrams. <gasps> Your grandparents are even talking about it on Facebook. Well. Sorry, Facebook users. I was wondering what my gam gam was saying the other day. And the best way, at least for the least fair sex among us, is that the, the pro proper inverse of the fairer sex? It can be today, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the best ways you can get ready for the big day, feel totally clean, totally smooth, and smell your absolute best, is to get yourself manscaped. You can get the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 as a part of their package deal. Yes, the package for your package. You use the code DNVR20. You get 20% off. Plus, I can't even believe this phrase still exists in 2020. Free shipping. That's right. DNVR20, 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Not only do you get the lawnmower 3.0 and it's other other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine but you get only those sounds and none of the ah that tend to come with it you don't want any of that you just want the nice smooth feeling plus you get the crop preserver a little bit of deodorant for you down under you get some crop reviver a little bit of spray on toner you get some in the shower stuff so you're going to be looking and feeling your absolute best not only that i've got to be honest with you the most comfortable pair of boxers you have ever worn so use that promo code dnvr20 at manscaped.com you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping and go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives his high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. <laughs> Hey, welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. You use the promo code DNVR20, you get 20% off that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. With me, as almost always, is DNVR Rockies beat writer Patrick Lyons, and we have got more draft talk for you today on Draft Eve. It is it's basically a holiday. I'm pumped. I'm excited. As most of you know, we are going to have full live coverage tomorrow, Wednesday, June 10th, starting at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. We're going to be going until all 37 picks have been made. Your Rockies pick at 9 and 35. We're going to have all kinds of breakdown and analysis for you of both the Rockies picks. We're going to be looking around at how the NL West is shaping up. And we have got guests for you. I've been not saying specific names here for a little while as we've been continuing to get them confirmed. But a few for you, as you know, Ryan McMahon, 
going to be a part of the show. Zach Wilson, the Colorado Rockies Director of Player Development, going to be a part of the show. Plus some of the people you might have expected, our friends in the media, Tracy Ringlesby, Manny Randawa, Drew Goodman, the play-by-play man for your ball club on TV, going to be a part of this show. We're going to be talking about all elements of the Rockies organization. Patrick, can you tell I'm excited? Are you excited? How do you feel, buddy? Yeah, I'm I'm exhilarated right now. I can't wait. It, it definitely feels like the eve of something huge uh, in a lot of ways. It's it's a holiday tomorrow. It, it's, it hasn't always been a holiday. You know, a lot of baseball fans usually don't keep their eye on the MLB draft. They only think about it after the fact five years down the road and go, hey, why don't we take this guy? It was so obvious. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Nolan Arenado slips to the second round. Oh, these teams don't know nothing. Right. I could have told them that. Well, now you actually have a time to get in on the ground floor. And, and as you said, we're going to have some really great coverage. So you can start having opinions of your own and say, no, here's where the Rockies should have gone. Or, man, the Giants, they really missed out on that 13th pick. They had an opportunity to, to maybe have the cornerstone of their franchise for the next decade or so. And they really missed out on the opportunity. So with no other Major League Baseball going on, this is where it's at tomorrow evening, and, and I couldn't be any more excited. I don't know about you. I, I just, we get to talk about baseball, Patrick. We don't have to talk about contracts. I don't have to use the word prorated. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to get into the mud. We don't have to talk about games that have been missed. We don't have to talk about the CBA in 2021. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll note at times that it's a different evening with there being only um, five rounds, though, of course, we're only you know going to be there for the first two, though. We do have a show on Thursday as well, so we're going to be wrapping up the whole thing also at 5 o'clock uh, once those other draft picks come in. But the you know we'll note the differences. We're going to be talking about how good is this guy's changeup? Is this guy's speed tool good enough to offset the fact that maybe there's a little bit of a hole in the bat? Can a power athlete be an intriguing pick as a two-way player. Um, th- these are the baseball diamond conversations that we get to have talking about baseball players playing baseball. It's going to be a glorious day. Uh, and, and I'm ready to do a lot of it here and now and, and get excited. You know, we, we spoke at length yesterday about uh, the Rockies' organizational pitching depth and some of the most interesting pitchers. In the organization, we're going to take a look at some of the uh, position players today and and just sort of, again, kind of give you an overview as we uh, get ready for the draft. I'm just I'm just excited. John coming in (laughs) saying he has heard from reliable sources. The Rockies will be drafting absolute bust for their first pick. Can we confirm? (laughs) Uh, No, they will. They will not be selecting anyone with that name or or any other. It's. The coverage that we have is going to be interesting, I think, particularly for, you know, Rockies fans more more than than a lot of other fan bases because, you know, this this really is going to set the tone for what we're going to do in the broadcast is break down the draft as far as what's what is its role in regards to building contenders. What is the goal in the draft and how it's it's one of the legs of of the stool or the table, if you will, of building a, a championship team because there are a lot. It's just it's not just about you know going out and signing big free agents or hitting on them when you are right. It's not about making great trades and it's not about investing money in the Latin American market. 
drafting is also a really key part. So we're going to try to explain all of those legs of the table uh, so that, you know, we can, we can bring you the, the best programming possible and, and make it clear that, you know, this is, this is an opportunity for the Rockies to take a step forward in their franchise. What are some different ways that they can do that? What should they maybe avoid to try, you know, try doing? Drafting an absolute bust, as John said, would be one way <laughs> to help that. them from uh, really missing out on this opportunity. And, and again, just just looking at the entire picture of what it means to to be able to have in, in this year's draft five rounds of players, and for the Rockies, they'll have six picks to try to see if they can find the next Nolan Arenado or Matt Holiday or Todd Helton. And, and they're going to have that opportunity a few times throughout Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And as you mentioned, if, if they don't take the guy you like at nine, remember, they got Nolan Arenado at 56. So th those are the kinds of things we'll be reminding you about and talking about throughout the night. And, and hopefully uh, it, it's just a celebration of the game of baseball. And uh, there's a lot more fun guests yet to be announced for the show as well. So make sure you catch it. Patrick, let's dive into it here we don't have uh you know 15 to 20 minutes of let's call it news <laughs> to break down as we did yesterday um but there are and you you may know this having been a baseball guy for your whole life there are more position players uh than there are pitchers because there are many positions uh, i know we're again breaking news on this podcast it's been it's been a crazy day so let's jump right into it here and and take a look at it and, and we knew we do i think need to break it down a little bit more we've already done catchers we put catchers away if you're worried wondering about that uh, there is a podcast waiting for you uh boy do we dive into the catcher situation let's begin in the outfield put me in coach look at me i could be maybe out there in the outfield i i ran a decent 40 in high school and would have been a terrible song. Why didn't John Fogarty call me? Jeez. Um, <laughs> so uh, the Colorado Rockies, of course, in their outfield right now are, are in a bit of a transitional period. They have two veteran players who are trending downward in terms of their production. One, Ian Desmond, who's not given them much, as most people know and his time in Colorado, and the other in Charlie Blackman, who, while he's trending down, is still a very valuable player, but you're still very much keeping your eye on his future. And then they got all these young dudes. David Dahl was an all-star last year. You expect him to be a fixture as long as he's healthy. And then comes the cast of Rymel Tapia, Garrett Hampson, you expect to be a factor in the outfield, and they've told us over and over again that he will be, and Sam Hilliard. I was leaning toward Tapia actually getting the starting job and left with Desmond coming off the bench, mostly against left-handed pitching. Hilliard starting the year in AAA, Garrett Hampson being on the bench as a kind of all-around guy. Is that how you see the picture, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you got Sam Hilliard in there as, as another option in the outfield. So they've, as you said, there there's a some players that are transitioning kind of um, getting to the point of, of going to greener pastures or um, approaching free agency, if you will. And, but there is a, there's a core of young players that are still under contract for the next three plus years. So you like what uh, the potential is for the Rockies outfield. And, you know, depending on how much you believe in players like Tapia, as you said, 
Sam Hilliard, you know, is Garrett Hampson, can he be a, a productive outfielder? Even if, even on the high end of all of those guys, if you believe in all of those guys, you still have to look at the next stage. You still have to look in the minors and say, well, who are the next guys? Because is there somebody ready to take the place of David Dahl, who will be a free agent in uh, no less than three years? And, you know, what will happen when, when Tapia becomes a free agent? So you're, you're going to need to build your depth. No two ways about it. And I would, I would say if you, if you do look at some of the guys that they have in the minors right now, you might not have that depth. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this uh, this thing that we put together where we broke down the entire organization, and we did exactly that, kind of looked at the guys' floors and ceilings. And you look at the Rockies, and at the very top, all the names we've mentioned, you know, you've got some some decent potential there. It's right after that that everybody's got a C-at-best potential. You're looking at names like Jonathan Daza, who's an interesting player, great athlete, has never hit for power, so there's just a a ceiling there that you're going to get a good runner, a good defender in center field who's going to be a, a slappy singles hitter um, at best for you. And he's maybe the most promising uh, prospect, if you want, want to put that way, in terms of the Rockies outfield. That's why they went out and signed a veteran like Chris Owings. Um, I, I didn't expect him to be a factor in the outfield, but I talked to some people who said he can play center. He's at least a thing. Uh, Mike Gerber, who I think they've since released, but that was the reason uh, or not Mike Gerber, I'm sorry, Michael Choice, who they have since uh, released, who they brought into the organization. But again, it's just like, what, who are uh, Gerber was doing okay? Brian Mundell is really the only guy who's had some prospect shine on him. And again, not really for being an outfielder for pay, per se, but for being a, a hitter. He's got a good you know, sort of line drive, gap-to-gap doubles swing. But, you know, Patrick, that's not... The next big thing isn't among the names I just mentioned. Right. And and the only other guy that's kind of earmarked for AAA that maybe you could dream on is Vince Fernandez, yeah. who played really well. Really, his, his power numbers grew immensely in the first part of, of 2019 with the Hartford Yard Goats. And then you get the message, unfortunately, that he did test positive for performance-enhancing drugs, so he was suspended. So not sure how much you can believe. But even up to that point was far from... A, a top prospect for the Rockies. It, it, when you dig deeper in the system, again, there really aren't those names that jump out. Casey Golden is a guy who would have started this year at, at AA, uh, was fantastic two years ago at Asheville, uh, still did nice last year at, at Lancaster. And and really, you got to go all the way down to, to a couple of guys that played well in, in Grand Junction. We talked with uh, the play-by-play man of the Grand Junction Rockies, Kyle Kirchival. Go back and listen to that a few weeks ago, and and he was uh, heaped a lot of praise on Colin Simpson and particularly Brenton Doyle, who was the first D2 guy selected in last year's draft when I spoke with Bill Schmidt at the end of last season. Again, Doyle was another one of those guys that he was you know really proud of, that the organization did a good job of, of finding him at the Shepherdsburg uh, university in, in, in the state of West Virginia, of all places. So the Rockies are certainly digging and, and looking to try to find the next David Dahl and, and Sam Hilliard. Um, but this draft, they're, they're not going to find the next Sam Hilliard because there is no 16th round. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But ultimately, the guys that they've got, they're just further down in the system. So you, you have to start planning for the next tier, the next next wave of, of guys and, and the 2020 draft is ultimately where I think you need to start and grab at least one outfield bat. 
Yeah, uh, Brenton Doyle, a name that you mentioned in there, was somebody that, you know, uh, I've seen him jump up a lot of prospect lists. Baseball America now has him listed um, 17th, I believe, on their list uh, of Rockies' top prospects. Uh, so he's jumped up still a little bit away, but there's some definitely some interesting uh, intrigue in that bat. Uh, and also a few other guys a little bit further away. Um I'm, I'm going to take a swing at this one, Patrick, because I've never actually said this one out loud. 22-year-old Nico Decolati? He's, he has been very productive, actually. Yeah. He, he, uh, I, I know he, you know, sixth-round pick. Uh, there won't be a sixth round this year. But he actually has been very productive. He's, he, he's done a nice job. I, I think he was an all-star at least one of the last two years. So, again, he's another, another one of those guys that, you know, give him some time to develop. And, you know, he, he, he could do some big things. The only other guy that, um, you know, depending on the, your source, uh, to look at a uh, top prospect rankings and, and positional depth charts, uh, that we haven't mentioned is Ryan Vallade. Uh, Vallade, of course, was, was drafted in, um, 2017, uh, as a high school shortstop, eventually did move over to third base, but I know this spring he was working in the outfield. I think he even spent some of last season in the outfield as well with Lancaster. So, you know he's he's still very young. Uh, you know, expected to start the year uh, at Double A with with Hartford, and uh, only 21 years old. So he's a he's could be one of those corner outfield guys that uh, in a couple season seasons you could you could slowly start to see him you know get those opportunities and 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 they give him some chances along the way. So he he would probably be the next guy on the list if you're saying who's the next outfielder to really really get excited about and, and believe it, it could be Ryan Vallade. Absolutely. John says, I nailed Nico Decalotti. So that's that's encouraging. That's encouraging. And Mary also thrown in that Slappy Singles Hitters could be a new band name. Can't wait to hear the hit single Baltimore chat. Come on. Got, got to have Slappy Singles Hitters out there. And good yeah, Vallade, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Vallade, you know, I, I don't know that they would do this either, but Colton Welker, I've heard people say he's he's an athlete you could put out there in left field, run the ball down well enough again. He's a guy who who goes and gets the ball. My mom coming into the comments saying she likes Vallade as well, but uh, he's an Oklahoma guy, so that was going to happen. It doesn't count. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He's got a great looking swing. I will say that, um, and and he's done well and, and moved up nicely in the organization. And that's you know that's it's a good point. Is that you know one thing that that the Rockies like to do is try to you know uh, grab f- uh, players that are multi positional or basically athletes. They want to gr- uh, draft athletes so that regardless of um, you know what position the guy may play in high school or in college, this guy is athletic enough to go from shortstop into the outfield, or even in the case of Dom Nunez and uh, Tony Walters, be a middle infielder and, and and jump behind the plate. That's it's worked out well for him there. Well, that allows us to get in because there are a lot of, Oh, oh, we got a special guest arriving on the scene. The chopper has landed a top DNVR bar and we've got a very special guest. Let's give him a second to get out of the chopper there. Hold on. You always duck. It's like the propeller blades are so high up, but yet always you always duck. duck your head whenever you take a helicopter ride, which we've all done. And all right, it looks like he's getting his <laughs> headphones on. He's he's in the studio. He's put his briefcase down. All right. Here he is. AJ Hayfley. My man. I thought you were afraid of heights. How'd you why'd you get in that thing? 
I am afraid of heights, but I also don't like living in fear of things, so I tackle my fears head on. My man, Uber, Uber helicopter coming to a neighborhood near you. That's right. So everyone out there probably knows AJ as, as our man on the scene and uh, over on the Av side of things. But did you know that he has an extraordinary passion for amateur baseball, probably running deeper than my own? AJ, there's a lot of people out there, baseball lifers like myself, who have been 97% focused on the major leagues our whole lives. Uh, what First of all, just what is driven you to, to be so involved and invested in, in amateur baseball? Uh, I just, it, it's really the same thing that drives me to be interested in the amateur ranks across all the sports is that I just, I like that side of sports. I like the development aspect of things and watching as guys come up. And to be honest with you, one of my least favorite parts of all of sports is watching the highest level games. Because I like I like roster management, I like the team building, I like drafting, I like prospect development. I find all of that stuff to be the most interesting part of sports. Like how you build a champion and how you maintain it and sort of the process that goes into it and how hard it is. And that challenge just appeals to me and for whatever reason. And uh, with baseball, it's just that the, the path is so long. And that there's so many things that can go wrong between draft day and MLB debut, knowing that even even the fast track guys, you're talking about most of the time, it's a couple of years. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the Rockies, where, <laughs> right. where a fast track guy is just a guy. <laughs> yeah. I, AJ, I think you, you strike me as a guy, and I say this because I, I identify this way too, in a lot of ways, as a contrarian. Right, trying not that you you want to always take the opposite route, but you like the road less traveled, and 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 that's how I am. And so, you know, like you said, the the route to getting to the majors and looking at all these different areas like amateur baseball and and what's going on in the college ranks, not a lot of people know about that. Not a lot of people care, and so that kind of speaks to me a little bit to to try to be an expert in a lot of little different areas rather than just turning my TV on and you know, watching what's going on on the, on the highest level, that's easy to have an opinion on that. Uh, and, and, you know, shame on, no shame to anyone who else who does that because yeah, we all do that. We all do that in all sports. But when yeah. you really love something, you want to dive in and say, you know what, frankly, I do want to see how the hot dogs are made. And, and that's the kind of guy I am. And I think you're that way too, AJ. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, I, you know, the road less traveled just means that there's not as many people there. And where there's not as many people, that's where I always want to be. Especially so, during COVID-19. <laughs> exactly. So well, social distancing isn't so much a, a, a recommendation as it is like a life motto of mine. So, you know, this is just this is just another thing for me. <laughs> Well, I do know where you're going to be tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern because we'd be doing this draft thing. AJ is going to be along the ride sharing some thoughts with us in and out as, as we cover things. I know how I'm going to get my setup. I'm going to go by the farmhouse. My friend's over at Breckenridge Brewery. I'm going to get myself some barbecue. The wings are also good. Burgers are great. You order it for pickup. You use the code DNVR, so you save 5 bucks on the whole meal, the beer included. From 12 to 8 p.m., you call 303-803-1380. You go and pick it up. You bring it back. You break out the mile-high copper lager, probably a 15-can sampler pack. Uh, you enjoy that. 
Uh, I'll probably be having a few. I'm going to be down at the, the DNVR bar, so the Breckenridge Brews will be flowing on draft night, and we are going to be having an absolute blast. Uh, we're also going to be making sure that you are fully educated when it comes to the draft and what the Rockies have done recently and have done over the, you know, what they might do throughout the evening just like our friends over at MSU Denver Online, keeping you educated, whether you're trying to start a new degree, finish one off, just learn some new skills so that you can go out, better your station in life. Any way you want to go about it, they've got you covered. They've got hundreds of classes offered. So check out MSU Denver Online today. Let's jump into these draft boys here, AJ. These, these young men looking to take their first steps into professional baseball. Um, I actually want to sort of put the power in your hands here because uh, we, we've jumped into and out of conversations about a lot of these guys. So who are just some of your favorites, whether it be ninth pick, 35th pick, even if it's somebody you don't think the Rockies will even be around to take, just who are the guys you're like, man, this is an interesting profile, and I'm really curious to see what, what becomes of this guy and, and to watch he may have a, a path less traveled, as it were. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of guys that I actually really like this year. Um, I I you know I do apologize if you guys have touched on some of these guys already in the show. I was just recording the abs pod, so I haven't had a chance to watch it. I hopped from one to the other. So, um, but but at, you know when you when you talk at the top, um, I I really do like Reed Detmers. Um, I understand that the fastball may not play as well in 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 the majors. Uh, and that, you know, that kind of limits the ceiling and that he's not, you know, you don't look at him as an, a future ace. You're like you're talking about using a top 10 pick on a guy who you hope will be like your third or fourth starter. And I think I'm, you know, maybe in a different position in previous years, I would I would be more bothered by that. But I I like first of all, I like the profile just in general. I like the the polished college left hander. Uh, I really like that the the changeup is a plus pitch for him, and we've seen we've seen changeups work very nicely in Colorado over and over and over and over. Whereas breaking balls, curveballs, sliders, all that you know, it's it's kind of hit or miss. How well does he locate it? What does it look like? But if the changeup has been a plus pitch, we've seen it play nicely in Colorado repeatedly, right. and so that's one thing where it's it's it, if the deception is good, if the if if he can locate it. And and he uses it wisely. You know, it's it's a really dangerous pitch, and it's it's one thing that Detmers does well, and I really like that about him uh, because it's, it could be an out pitch. You know, that's that's your swing and miss right there. And he did a lot of that uh, at Louisville, where he was one of the top strikeout guys in in the nation. And I think that that's an easy kind of drag and drop profile for for the Rockies system. Uh, you have, you know, you're hoping that you have Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland, certainly for a number of years moving forward. You'd love to keep John Gray, but, you know, who who knows what that looks like, right? Right, right. But you also have Ryan Rollison coming up. And if you could, I mean, just, just think, if you could have a future rotation of guys like uh, Freeland, Rollison, and Detmers, and you're lefty heavy, you know, against... Imagine. <laughs> and and given given that teams are so heavy on the the platoons and the splits and 
these guys can't hit lefties and just the way that the way that that is in in major league baseball i mean i think it would be it would be a unique setup for that rotation and something that we haven't seen before and i just think it'd be fun and like he's he's like obviously like you're not going to use a top 10 pick because it could be fun i think he's a legit prospect even though the the ceiling isn't as high uh i think that he could be a guy that could move relatively quickly through a system, although we know how the Rockies are and uh, is fairly polished already. So you don't have to, there's less projection there than if you were to talk some of these high school kids. Yeah, that's fair because although there's a somewhat of a glut of arms down at, at AAA, we broke it down in yesterday's podcast. Go back and listen to that if if you're tuning in just now uh, between Godot and, and maybe Chichi Gonzalez is down there, Peter Lambert when he you know, recovers for some arm issues, Ryan Castellani. There's, there's a lot of those guys right now, but that depth can, can dry up really quickly, (laughs) especially on the pitching side. So as you said, I I think that's, that's a good thing to have. And, you know, with, with Marquez and all the options that he has after signing that uh, big extension last spring, you know, he can be around if, if the Rockies pick up all those options until the 2024 season. Kyle Freeland will be a, a free agent until uh, after the 2022 season, I believe, uh, maybe even 23. I have to go back and check on the details. So, again, I, like you said, between those two guys and, and Rollison, that could be a, a really formidable you know, rotation that they're going to bring into the NL West each and every year. And if there's one thing that the Rockies need and, and haven't really had too much is consistency in the starting rotation, specifically by four guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, he's one of the guys that I, I do like, um, and there's just less risk there when you're talking about some of these some of the other guys like a like an Emerson Hancock or a Max Meyer. Um, I'm I'm I will understand like when when Andre gets all uppity about like ceiling and like you're using a top ten pick on a guy that you know he's gonna be he could be your fourth starter and it's like yeah fair enough like. I totally get it, but get it's also that, but every Rockies team ever has needed a fourth starter. <laughs> well, and like, like I, I look at Reed Detmers and he just, you know, not, not like a straight one-to-one comp, um, but reminds me so much of like a Jeff Francis where they could, you know, very like polished projectable lefties with a, with a plus changeup where they can use that in altitude. They can use it on the road. They don't have to make significant adjustments every time they take the mound because it's they're the way that they are successful is repeatable in Colorado. And it's also a draft where you can maybe get uh you know a guy like an Emerson Hancock could slip, right? Or a Max Meyer. That like those guys could they they could move. Um if they if they end up moving down, they you, you could take the talent, right? Like you're that's that's the appeal of those guys. I'd is be that very the, the upside even though he's not my favorite with Emerson Hancock, if he was there, even though I've talked myself into Detmers and Myers, um, if he falls, where, where would you be on that? If, if Emerson Hancock's on the board at nine, a guy who we thought, you know, this is the fourth potentially best guy in the, in the draft, second best pitcher in the draft. And really until Asa Lacey had this extraordinary and to, to his last season, Emerson Hancock was the number one pitcher in this yeah. draft. Yeah, I mean, I think at nine, like if they, he's not my favorite, uh, but if he was sitting there at nine and they and they took him, like I, you, 
it it would be it would be kind of like the Riley Pine Tyler Matzik picks, right? Where you're like you're gambling on talent. <laughs> like and obviously those guys didn't work out for various reasons, but I think that's also one of the fears is that outside of John Gray, they haven't really taken a pitcher really, really high and developed him very well. Like they they take they've they've been able to get by with certain types of pitchers. They've been able to develop over and over and over. But like these power arms with, with incredible stuff, it's just never really played. Mm-hmm. It's never it's never really developed much outside of John Gray. And even with John Gray, it's been it's been maddening. Like it's been very frustrating. How much of that is John Gray and how much of that is Colorado? It depends on who you a ask. A lot of it's timing as well. So, you know, it's 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 just sort of an interesting conversation, but you're talking about the draft, you're talking about trying to get upside, right? You're trying to okay, well, we want to get the guys who are going to be the best major leaguers like Emerson Hancock could definitely do that. He could definitely be the man at some point, but do I do I flat out I don't trust the Rockies to develop him. Like I just don't. So, not my favorite. Like I I would much rather they go with a guy like Garrett Mitchell. Like I that- that's the piece right there is, is, is fit too, right? You talk, there's, there's, you got upside and yeah, Hancock, you know, has, a, has a better upside than some of the other pitchers here that, that we think might go around the, on, around the top 10, but it's about fit. And if you don't think Emerson Hancock is going to fit in your organization at number nine, then you let him go. And if he turns out to be an ace for the angels, great. Doesn't mean he would have been an ace for Colorado. Right, so right. you, you, you got to draft the guy that, that you like most and, you know, earlier today we did a a, a a different type of mock draft, a video mock draft to prepare for our production tomorrow, and and we will have a we'll have something on this tomorrow as far as what the first pick that the the Rockies have had in, in the last decade, and we've noticed a trend between them taking shortstops and, and starting pitchers over the last six years. But before that, you know, they went the high school route uh, with, with guys like Carl, uh, not Kyle Parker. He was in college, but David Dahl. And, um, and, you know, they, they've selected a lot of high uh, outfielders uh, in, in the previous regime, if you will, uh, before this recent memory. So you could see them going back to the well and, and diverting from that route of, of taking athletic shortstop or taking a starting pitcher. If they don't go starting pitcher, they've got an opportunity to, to grab two really at 35 uh, and 46. So if they go outfield, who's the guy to grab in the outfield? Do you go the high school route that's got the higher upside or do you have a guy who's maybe proven it a little bit more in a power five conference coming right out of college, like a Heston Kerstad, if he's still available? To be just just to be totally frank, Heston Kerstad scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with um, you on this. Um, like I'm the with you. the power is intriguing. Yeah. Um, the track record, you know, when you're when you when you are consistently good in the SEC, you're a very intriguing pro prospect. But that is a lot of strikeouts, man. There's a lot of swing and miss already that's there, and. Uh, you know, plus power doesn't mean a whole lot if you end up as a below average hitter. Right. It's just, you know, and I understand that home runs are like the thing, like home runs are in, right? What's it going to look like in four? What, what does baseball look like in four years from now? How valuable is that profile four years from now? You know, knowing that everything kind of goes in cycles and that you always kind of want what you don't have. And everybody has a lot of low average, high power guys right now. Is that is that going to be something that's still in demand? Are they, you know, is he, 
do you draft him and say, well, hey, we're really banking on this universal DH thing. That's a huge one. Yeah. That's that's where you're more comfortable. Like, that's where an AL team can draft that guy and be like, oh, if this doesn't work out, we just throw him at the DH. And NL teams have to be a little more concerned about that, especially one who has the great planes for an outfield in their right. home ballpark. Right. So yeah, that's the disadvantage that NL teams have. You're you're right. Is that they they can't take a risk if, if they say you know what, I don't know if this guy is going to be able to play. You know he's got he's got a re- he's got a good arm. Um, and I, I think he'll be okay in in the outfield. But again, the Great Plains of Colorado. I I, yeah. I I like that that tag there. You might not be able to afford to do that if there's no DH. But you know, if you have the DH, which which we think is going to be the case, then that. That, that allows you to to take a chance on a guy like Kerstad and you, you say how much is that value if you're if you're a, a three true outcome guy where you do nothing but hit home runs strike out or draw a walk Adam Dunn had a nice career making over a hundred million dollars and you know I say what you will about wins above replacement we know it's not a, um, a perfect equation uh, that will that we can you know put value on it and really try to understand, but you know, that, that has some value and, and we haven't seen a player like that at, at Coors Field in, in quite some time. I think his, his swing is somewhat similar to Carlos Gonzalez. I think that would be an, an interesting cop, uh, a, a comp, a comparison, but you know, he's not going to give you the speed that cargo did, but he, he could give you some of the excitement in the bat. Uh, and I don't think that's, that's any, any question. It's just how much is he going to swing and miss that, that concerns you. Well, and you know, if you're you're talking about the three true outcomes, you know, how often are you going to be walking? He hasn't shown much of a propensity for that in his career. It's it's home runs and strikeouts, and the 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 line between Adam Dunn and Chris Carter is really 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 thin. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah it is. Yeah, and that's you know, like you're you're talking about a top ten pick where you really like the Rockies need to get this right. First of all, otherwise they're going to be making more of these in subsequent years. And this is, this is a guy that has to come in and kind of be a piece for them in this next wave. And I just don't, I, his profile, like you're using a top 10 pick on a guy. You're trying to talk yourself into the DH. Like, you know, when there's, there are guys of, you know, Robert Hassel's if he's if he's available. Yeah. I was gonna say, so who's your guy? Is Hassel the guy? You gotta you gotta like you gotta like that, right? But you know, Garrett Mitchell is a tailor-made center fielder in course field where does the hit tool does does it produce power? Great. It, like if, if 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 you can turn around, you get you take Garrett Mitchell and you can get the next Dexter Fowler out there, you're pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. You have to feel a lot better about that than potentially taking a guy that you're talking yourself into as being your DH when the rule changes someday. Mm-hmm. Like it's it for me, it just, what are you doing there? What's, what's valuable to you? What which guy is going to end up being a more important, harder to get piece. Rockies have always been able to find power hitters. They've always been able to find guys that could, that can drive the ball their entire history. They've been able to find those guys mm-hmm. and they haven't had to necessarily use top 10 picks to do it. Right. You know, a guy, a guy like Mitchell, I think is just a more intriguing fit because him running around, you know, if, if you're going to put in, you're going to tap an 80 grade on his run. Yeah. Him running around in course field, like that's okay. Well, he has a chance to be your best defensive center fielder ever, which is more valuable in course field than it is in some of these smaller ballparks 
where these guys don't have to run around nearly as much. That guy, that guy is covering three zip codes worth of worth of ground out there. So that's way more important to me, especially with the belief that that his hit can come along, his power can develop, even if it's not on a on a Kirstad's level. It's still going to you, you still have enough faith that it'll develop enough that you're not worried about it. You're not looking at him like, oh, the we have a center fielder that's gonna hit four home runs. You know, you're not it's not that kind of concern. Right. He's, he's even just, been tagged with plus pull power. Um not it's not even above average, plus pull side power on this guy. The power speed combination is very difficult to find. The question is, is he gonna make enough contact? Yeah. Is it is the hit tool gonna be enough? And for me, if the defense if the defense is going to be what we think it's going to be, and knowing that it's more valuable in Coors Field, I'm I'll take that chance. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's you know I haven't heard Mitchell in, in in talks of being one of the players that the Rockies are interested in, but they certainly have you know some predilection to to go with players from you know UCLA. They're they're a great baseball school, no two ways about it. Last year, of course, they they took Michael Toglia, the first baseman, out of there. Pat Faleka was from UCLA. Of course, uh, Ryan McMahon, you know, before he was uh, drafted, was committed to UCLA. So, you know, there's definitely a connection there between um, you know UCLA and the Rockies. So, yeah, Garrett Mitchell definitely could could be somewhat of a, a second coming of Dexter Fowler, like you said. Maybe even a David Dahl, you know, and, and of course there are some health uh, concerns. The fact that he has type one diabetes, um, you know, there's some teams that are are having, they might not be having issues with it, but they're 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 curious, you know, how is could that impact a, a young player like that? And you know, they all have flaws, right? There there are there are players who are selected first overall that never even make it to the majors. That might seem like they don't have flaws. There's a chance Spencer Torkelson never makes it to the majors. So. You know, all of these players have warts, but it's, you're right, it's about, you know, the upside and, and you shouldn't have to talk yourself, you know, into any of these players. No two ways about it. I think, I think Robert Hassels is an interesting player that I know the Padres have some interest in. Um, I, I would be very hesitant to go the high school route, at least with that, with that number nine pick. Zach Veen would be the, the lone guy and maybe that's, that's playing it a little too safe. Uh, but all things being considered, Veen would be the only guy, and I do not think he will be available for Colorado at nine. What's the what's the hesitation with Hassel? Um, again, I, I think he's just he's just a little more on the on the slender side than than I would like, and obviously he's he's going to grow into to some of that size that he already has. Um, you know, that's that's certainly not a problem. Um, some concerns about his polish that's going to happen with a high school guy, of course. Um, so it, it's just, I don't know that I, that I see everything coming together um, for him, you know, entirely. He, he just has, his journey is, is just that much further. We've talked about it ad nauseum here on the podcast, this idea of, you know, what development looks like without a minor league system. And, you know, he's, he's not going to really, he'll be playing, you know, on campus in Scottsdale, I guess, if all things go well. And then next year, you know, he, he would be forced, you know, to jump on buses in, in Asheville without, you know, for the first time, like that's his first time in that team element. And, you know, certainly that's, that's part of becoming a pro, but um, that development comes a lot easier for a college guy than it does for a high school guy. And when you have the ninth pick overall, again, 
you 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 really need to be sure and, and and know about a guy, making sure that you've sat across from him at the dinner table and you know his family and know what kind of you know mindset a guy has. And again, because of COVID nineteen, you know those boots on the ground. They, they haven't been there for not just the Rockies, but for all teams. So there's so many questions about all of these players. And I don't think you can get enough information about what's going on, you know, in a guy's head through these Zoom phone calls that, you know, have been so popular this year. So it really just, just begs the question, like, how many high school guys are going to be taken in general? We could see, you know, a 50% reduction maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really unclear just because you, you, they're such an unproven commodity, not just on the field, but also off the field. So which, you know, we've obviously I'm, I like Detmers and he's a guy that's been talked yeah. about by everybody linked to Colorado at nine. But if, if they go pitcher and I, I would assume that all three of us would prefer they do that. Just Yeah. In general. I mean, I could see talking myself into if Nick Gonzalez or Zach Veen fell. Oh to yeah. Them. I mean, if that happens like, um, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I not expecting those guys to be there. It's a basic toss up between Detmers and Max Meyer for me. And I may worry about the size. I'm not worried about it as much as other people are. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen any direct causal evidence between a pitcher's size and him not being able to sustain pitching in 162 games or, or like if there's anything particular at altitude, you know, uh, Tyler Chatwood's problem was not that his body didn't hold up. In fact, he's one of the more healthy dudes uh, in Rockies history, except for the one time he had to have TJ, which happens to everybody now. Um, and so it's, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about the, the size of Max Meyer. I honestly, I think Meyer's my guy now, if he's on the board, uh, Patrick has talked me into it into the upside there over Detmers a little bit. Um, I, I really do see a lot of John Gray in that profile. And I think that it's a reason that's worked for John. I, as you said, it hasn't always been, there's, there's been some inconsistencies, but when you look at what he's been able to do in terms of getting swings and misses yeah. at, at Coors Field or as a member of the Rockies, it's, it's pretty nuts. And, and then Patrick had mentioned another point, which is he's probably your best bet of these guys where if it doesn't work out again, you know, you don't trust the Rockies to develop him fully or whatever. He's got back into the bullpen fastball slider in a year and a half or two years written all over him. You know, he's Scott Oberg 2.0. Um, so I, I kind of like that. And I'm into Garrett Crochet as well. I don't know that I've been able to talk anybody else into it, but he's six foot six. He's a left hander. Throws ninety eight. I don't. I like him. I mean, <laughs> he's yeah. easy to dream on. Yeah, but yeah. you wonder what the path like. How do you develop him? He is sort of a unique set of uh, size and skill. Where if you you know if you have a unicorn on your hands, you don't necessarily know what to do with it. Like you're excited about it, but you're also like. Oh, I don't have any experience doing this, so All I right. don't know how this is going to go. I think R going back Ryan to your, your yeah, I think yeah. going back to your question, you know, the first nine picks almost seem like they're locked in. I mean, I, I, the Pirates and the Padres, they might go, you know, somebody further down taking a high school player. Uh, but the only other position players, I, I think that, you know, come right in that 
that nine through 15 range, you know, is, is, you know, you've got Patrick Bailey, who's a catcher we've talked about as, okay, that's a guy you're going to pass on again, the, the high school players with Hendrick and Hassel, the arms, Mika Bell, uh, Jared Kelly, you know, those are guys to kind of steer away from. So it, it, it all signs kind of point to the starting pitching route going that way. Again, if they get if they get surprised and, and Gonzalez is there, or maybe even a Zach Veen, you know they're going to be okay at at thirty five and and forty six to to grab that that college arm. But um, if, if things kind of play out the way um, you know most of the the prognosticators are are looking at it, it, it seems like you know Reed Detmers is probably going to be that guy. DraftKings, um, you know they you can go on there now and 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 you can make some bets based on the MLB. A draft on on Wednesday. Who's going to be a top five pick? Um, you know where what position guys are going to go. And Reed Detmers is nine point five, which basically so means over. will yeah. the Rockies take him or not? Is basically what that bet is. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So uh, I, it was a safe bet. I would I would take the under. Meaning yes, he'll he'll be number nine or you know sooner than that. But. Again, that's what's interesting about the MLB draft because it's not, you know, who's the ninth best player. It's just who's the ninth guy that's taken for whatever reason by that organization, either because he's a good fit, he 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 fills a need, which is less likely so, or because he's really good at that price and that allows you to get more creative later on in the draft. I think that's one of the other things I wonder about a guy like Detmers is you have to think that the signability is not an issue, right? Right. Like this, this, it would be very like, you might, you might even be able to try and talk him into an under slot deal. Cause it's Rockies like, this, have been this, very good at that. This isn't, this isn't the guy that you're worried about holding out on you and being like, well, I'm, I'll, I'll try again next year. Right. Because he's right. Because he's not going to get that much more money, uh, if, right. if any at all. You know, there's supposed to be a, an increase. Um, you know, there's supposed to be a little inflation, if you will, with the picks. Uh, obviously, because of, of baseball being shut down, they froze the the bonus pool money on all these picks. So it's not going to go up at all next year, like it, it it may have naturally. And again, yeah, going up a little bit higher. You know, you also lose your leverage because now you're you're one year older, and yeah. you know you don't have that that option of saying, "Well, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just go back to school again." And be like, "Oh man, you want to go through this ringer three years in a row?" Like it's it it's just it doesn't really make sense. You're, you're right. I think he's going to be an easy sign. It might be hard to go under slot. Maybe you're going to save a little bit, um, but you also don't want to insult the kid. Uh, in your first negotiations yeah, with them, for sure. wait for the arbitration process before you start talking. <laughs> right. Before you start yes. saying, "Hey, we only want to pay you this much." Yeah. Wait, for, wait for arbitration until you start insulting your players. <laughs> exactly. 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 That's one way to go about life, I guess. Uh, well, as Patrick just mentioned, while we still have just a little bit of a wait to go before we get to finally kick off our full live draft coverage, there is no wait for betting because. Well, you may have heard by now, legal sports betting in Colorado has arrived, and with it, 
DraftKings Sportsbook is the best app for you. You can use it as Patrick was talking about to already start laying down your money where your draft knowledge is. There are some lines up about where guys are going to be taken. You download that app. You use the code DNVR. It gets you set up with all kinds of cool stuff, including the possibility of a sign-up bonus up to a thousand dollars at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, you can go download the app, start looking through uh, what you want to do for tomorrow, get it all together. There's some great ones up here. We're going to, in fact, as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to go on the DNVR Bets show. Going to be talking about all of these lines in detail. Where are the best bets to put your money? So be on the lookout for that. Must be 21 years or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Nailed it. Well done. Boom. Um, AJ, I did see a question uh, further up from John about... Nick Bitsko. I, w- I was wondering if there were any other guys who are a little bit deeper down who y- you've looked at, you found interesting, or are stayaways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked we talked in the Slack about Bitsko and kind mm-hmm. of it's fun, right? Like it's fun to think about. Maybe at thirty five, maybe maybe you get a little, you know, you get aggressive there, and maybe that's where uh, an underslot deal at nine helps you out. But um, with him, I think it's, I think Patrick made the point in our, in our conversation, just that, you know, another organization is probably a better fit. Um, For me at 35, I really like a guy like Bryce Jarvis. Um, He's, you know, he, he skipped going um, to the Cape Cod, uh, to playing on Cape Cod last year uh, in favor of doing some specialized training with his dad. And, uh, it looked like it paid off. The fastball velocity uh, jumped up from low 90s into the 93, 95 range. And uh, the command is pretty good. And again, fastball slider changeup. Um, all three pitches have an opportunity to be plus pitches. Uh, my nightmare is that the Dodgers take him because they always do something smart. And so that's that's basically why I won't sleep tonight is because I'm afraid of that happening. <laughs> And uh, I just I, I love the fit at 35 where, you know, not not dominant stuff uh, probably isn't going to be, you know, a frontline starter for you, but could be a really effective mid to, to back of the rotation guy. And just gives you just gives you a little bit of a different look and um, was a guy on an upward trajectory that had there been a full season we might be talking about as a top 20 pick and if he's if he's sitting there at 35 you know that's that's kind of the fun part of this year's draft is that there there's going to be talent that yeah this guy's just an example right like it it is just for a quick um so everybody knows the guy that aj is talking about right now is right-handed pitcher out of duke uh, it'll be 22 and a half years old, so you know he's going to be pretty close. He could have potentially, according to scouts, three plus pitches with the fastball slider and the changeup. He was striking out guys at a rate of 11.2 as a sophomore. 
Um, you know, he's got a he's got a delivery that scares me a little bit. He's that's a high well, effort. Yeah. Um, and you know, Colorado guys, if you, injuries tend to be a little bit bigger of an issue, but um, I didn't see anywhere in his profile that it's caused him injury issues yet. So. You know, I don't know that altitude altitude has anything to exacerbate there. That was an easy sentence to get through. That was interesting what you mentioned, AJ, about him, you know, working out with his his dad. You know, he goes to Duke, so he's bright kid, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you go, all right, I'd, I'd like to spend the summer working out with my dad. How How is that going to possibly help? You know, what was the training program, you know, he, he, he got from his coaches at Duke? Well, his father's Kevin Jarvis, who – had a nice little twelve-year career, uh, but oh, by the way, you know he was only a twenty-first-round draft pick himself. So you know he had to do a lot of developing. And and the one thing that we've seen, and uh, you know, AJ, I think it's probably true to some degree in hockey, though not entirely, is this idea that you know the better of a player you are, the more naturally gifted you are, the harder it is to be a coach because you haven't always had to work at those yeah. things, and so how are you going to tell someone to make those certain adjustments when you yourself never really had to make them until you were in your mid to late thirties because you were just naturally getting older. So, you know, if you want a guy to be your dad, you want one who was, you know, drafted in the back of the, uh, of the, of the 21st, 21st round, yeah. a guy who know, had to work at every single level of his life. Absolutely. Yeah. And still managed to carve out a 12 year career and work with just about every team across the game. I mean, that's a guy you want as your pops to teach you the game. So, you know, could be a questionable move, what not going out to the Cape, but it, it seems like everything that Jarvis has done in the, in the past few years has really paid off for him. And, uh, and as you said, you know, he could be, a, could have been a guy that would have been in the teens, maybe even the, the early twenties, but because of no season, Hey, he's, uh, he's somewhere in the thirties and the Rockies really could have a, a steal of this draft with Bryce Jarvis. Yeah, he's just one of those guys um, that you know. You know, you know how the baseball draft is. These guys get ranked in certain areas, and you're like, that means nothing. Right. You know, <laughs> this this guy this guy could get taken 19th. He could get taken fifty fifth, and you're just like, so. Can I interest you in a two way player? Is it mm. going to be a tiny little shortstop that fits in my pocket? They they both they're both pretty small. <laughs> sure. Uh, go ahead. Any any interest in this phenomenon? We've talked about it a little bit, but with um, Jared Jones and Mason Wynn, both under six feet tall, I believe. Uh, but other than that, just extraordinary athletes. I'm more interested in Wynn because scouts have some scouts have slapped 70 grades on both his fastball and curveball. Of course, you need more than two pitches to be successful. And the fact that he can hit with some power and run really fast won't mean much if he stays on the mound. <laughs> well, is this is this where the universal DH starts to play as a major advantage for you because you can develop him on on both sides? I think it could, but of course, teams are going to need to be pretty proactive and forward thinking in order to pull this off, right? So that gets back to your question about. Are the Rockies forward thinking enough to yeah. pull this off? Like, is is Mason Wynn just should we just give him a Tampa Bay cap right now because that's <laughs> this is where this ends? I think what, what's interesting yeah. to think about is is the fact that I think there's a lot of players when they go into college out of high school are two way players, right? If you're if you're sure. if you're a good ball player in high school, there's a good chance you're you've got a good all around game, or you know you can at least hit somewhat, right? All pitchers, even you know 
we've we've seen numerous pitchers look ridiculous at the plate who go, no, I can hit. It's like, well, you could hit when you were 17, but yeah. not so much now. Thank you, Bartolo. Have a right. seat. We're going to pitch hit for you. Um, so, you know, you know, guys like Mason Wynn and Jarrett Jones and even Tanner Witt, um, Cade Horton coming out of Oklahoma. These are guys that, you know, they go to the college route in two, three years' time. We might not hear about them being two-way players simply, you know, because they've – there's only so much time that you can focus on, you know, on, on each side of the ball. You know, when, when the Rays did take Brendan McCarthy, he had already proven himself at uh, pitcher and first base with the University of, of Louisville. So, you know, that is a much different situation. If you're talking about a high school pitcher versus a college pitcher, all right, you know, we can, we can contextualize that. But a two-way player from high school to a two-way player in college, you know, that's – there's a there's a million two way players coming out of high school, but coming you know coming out of college, it's just such a rarity. So I don't buy in that that any of those high school guys would actually be able to stick. They certainly can prove me wrong, but it there's no players to my knowledge that have done it at least in America, getting drafted in high school and 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 sticking at you know well. Sticking at both positions, frankly, you know, it's the wave of the future. I still think it'll happen. So, what, about, what about a guy uh, like Logan Tell Allen, then, who's been a two-way player his entire career, Florida International, and you know, he did, he's a little lower upside guy, but I mean, he hit he hit just under three hundred his entire college career, uh, despite you know primarily being a pitcher. He also played first base for them, so you know, that's that's a guy, another one of my guys, of course. That's why I'm like. Um ready to go with this well and you know what flashed through my mind with mason win michael lorenzen that's what came to my mind was if he's got two 70 grade pitches fastball curveball dude who misses everything but you know maybe it turns out he can't throw for nine can't throw for 162 but this kid's a hell of an athlete you put him out there in right field three days out of five and then have him come out of the bullpen every other couple of days like i mean get creative. Yeah, it's exciting I, I like that idea, and and Lorenzen I think has actually shown a pretty solid blueprint for how you can get a guy's bat in and and continue to. You know, you, I don't think you can do. It's going to be tough to do it as a starter. As much as I want to believe what I was saying a second ago about it being the wave of the future, I want to see more guys do it. It's going to be tough to pull off the bullpen thing. Maybe. How do you develop him? Like you'd have to have a very specific plan with that guy because it's easy <laughs> to be like, oh well, when he gets to the majors, this is these are the. 19 things we can do with him, but how do you develop him and prepare him to have that kind of a, a of a funky, non-traditional role in the majors? Because it, you have to have a very specific plan for yeah. development to, to maximize the different skills. And I think that's probably why teams just go, you're better at this, just do this. So yeah. we'll find we'll find guys who hit. If you have exactly. a if you have 70 grade pitches, you know, we're looking for that. Exactly right, and that would be the case with Logan Allen because he's he's a pitcher first that oh, yeah. could hit, right? And that that's just like that's you know it's bonus. I, if you're looking at him as a as a two way player, Not then really. there's too many flaws with it, right? But if you're looking at him as a pitcher and you say, well, we could have a little bonus there, then exactly right. I that don't be think a guy who, give him pinch hits on yeah. days off, like let him see see if there's see if there's sure. something there, and, and if that was the case. Not, then don't worry about it. 
Right. And that was the case with Lorenzen, you know, coming out of Cal State Fullerton. So again, college guy, not high school, but was a, was a starting pitcher. And then again, didn't stick as a starting pitcher, went to the bullpen and said, you know, I got a lot of downtime. Let me take some dry hacks here. (laughs) Hit very much in the minors, but then said, all right, I can contribute and I'm an athletic guy. I can even play a little bit of outfield. And, you know, we, we saw that the last couple of years. So those are more bonuses than saying, you know, this is, this is where his value is at. No, it's just a, maybe you can hope on it. And again, Logan Allen is, is a guy that, that'll, you know, probably won't even be selected un, until maybe the third round, um, possibly even the back end of the second round. So, you know, two-way players, I, I think I think it's a myth. I think that that is a myth. I, I, I know they, they exist How? somewhere out there, but to really, like, dream on it, you know, it's like the unicorn, as AJ said earlier. We're, it's getting very mythical here. No one asked you to tell <laughs> me that Santa Claus – you know, look, man, we're not – well, Santa take Claus it. can hit. <laughs> All right? He's got a candy cane bat. I got to take a sip of my Strava Craft coffee. You got me all upset. You got me all jittery. I got to calm down, son. Have some coffee. And a little bit of Strava. I'd already used my promo code DNVR20, so I got 20% off. Because Strava Craft coffee is literally essential to my life. Uh, so we are going to uh, wrap it up here, but I wanted to give AJ a final chance to mention any other players we haven't gotten to today. Or just any other thing about this draft that you're most looking forward to uh we know it's going to be a pretty unusual one man we're excited to have you along for the ride as well yeah i mean i'm excited for it it's the first time we've ever done anything like this so um and i it's the first time i've ever really had time to like (laughs) actually dig into some of this and and take it seriously for a while you know just because my day job is kind of on hold right now. So there's usually like, playoff hockey right now. <laughs> right. Well, and then, and then the draft would be your two draft. weeks from now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously pretty involved in that. So, um, <clears throat> I think, I think ideally I'm really, really hoping that they walk out with three pitchers, honestly, like they're, they just need to replenish the arms in the system so much. And the best way to do that is to take them. Sure. So, you know, like I, they have a lot of, they have a lot of guys at different positions. You know, if they, they don't need to take a first baseman for the next like five years. So they're good (laughs) there. Um, They, I, 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 it just feels like, Hey, it's, it's time. You guys have done a good job of rounding out your system for the most part. They, they love taking athletes who can move around and do and play a lot of different positions. And that has given them the versatility of, Oh well, we've got too many guys at third base, so now we're going to put them at first base. Well, now we have twelve hundred first basemen, so we're going to move some of these guys to the outfield, and that means that you don't have to draft position these these position specific players anymore, and that that has come at the cost of adding a lot of arms. I think they definitely need to do some of that, um, pre- preferably guys who are better than Carl Kaufman. Like, let's let's get a little higher upside guys here. So. Uh, I think that's that's what I'm most excited about is I think that they have a really good chance to add some some electric arms to their system that they may not otherwise have had an opportunity to just because of the unique situation that the world is in. And, you know, hopefully they don't blow it. There you have it, folks. Hopefully they don't blow it. Uh, Patrick, you now have the floor. Dan would like to give you this opportunity to apologize to Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon hit a home run when he was with the Mets, so it doesn't count. There you go. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me, Dan. Let's go. 
Let's go. If a pitcher hits a home run and no one's there to see it, does it fall in the woods? Um, it was at City Field. So, I mean, anyone could hit a home run there, right? It right. didn't impact David Wright's home run totals over his career, did it? Mm. No. Mm. Kudos to Big Sexy. He got it done at right. the plate. And, and John, we'd love to talk more and more about Asa Lacey and literally everybody else in this draft. We covered it a bit yesterday. We'll have plenty more tomorrow. But we got to wrap this thing up. Um, like I said, if you're here on any of the lives, make sure you're, by the way, subscribing to our YouTube channel. We've got a ton more video content out there for you. I'm going to be on there doing the live DNVR Bets show here in just a bit. So more baseball talk for you today. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to all of that. We appreciate all of you showing up uh, on the other things. Periscope, Facebook, hanging out again tomorrow at 5 p.m. We'll be on all that stuff, plus on our Twitch channel. Really appreciate if you swing by, say hello, hang out with us, drink some Breck Brew, some Strava Craft coffee, watch a draft. Going to have all kinds of fun and hopefully entertaining guests. Uh, and hopefully we'll be informative as well. That should also be a goal, I feel. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for listening in today. Make sure you're following us on all the social media. You subscribe to the DNVR.com. You get some cool merch in preparation for the return of sports. All of you, we can only say thank you. Continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely AJ Hafley, Patrick Lyons, Andrew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>